a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Here. Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are Paul. Is it's in my head. Fan effect. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, uh, sponsored by the Megaplex Theaters. I'm here today for an event that doesn't take place indoors like the theaters, but one that's going to take place out in the glorious outdoors at Thanksgiving Point this weekend. We are talking about the Utah Renaissance Fair. You know, in today's hustle and bustle, we can be a bit worn out, so why not take a trip back into the olden days, a day of uh, a little bit more relaxing little bit more drama. You know, everyone knows about King Henry VIII. Um, and actually a bit of fantasy mixed into this with some fairies, mermaids, and even some dragons. We are talking about the Utah Renaissance Fair that takes place August 27th through 28th at Thanksgiving Point. And I'm so excited today because I actually have the Director of Communications from Utah Valley Fine Arts Council uh, to join us here uh, on the Fan Effect podcast, Joseph Smith. And he is going to give us an insight into all the fun and fancy that is coming this weekend at the fair. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. I am really, really honored to be a part of this. Oh, I'm so excited. Now, I go every year that I can. Sadly, last year had to be canceled, but I'm ready to go this weekend. I have my outfit picked out. Um, I'm ready to see the joust. I'm ready to go ahead and get some delicious food and check out all the fancy vendors that you have. Now, real quick, before we dive into the ins and outs of the fair, can you tell us a little bit about what a Renaissance fair is and what makes this one unique for maybe some of our listeners that have been a little too hesitant to actually go to one? Absolutely. So what makes Renaissance fairs fun, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. is that they are usually kind of a setup group of reenactors, of cosplayers, of historians, where you can kind of walk around and immerse yourself in what it would have been like to be in maybe a historical medieval or Renaissance 1500s, 1600s area. What's really unique about the Utah Ren Fair is that most rent fairs around the country that you might go to are primarily just kind of a big fair. It's kind of almost a state fair or a mm-hmm. county fair with a little bit of a Renaissance flavor. The Utah rent fair is fantastic because we have not only some incredible vendors and artisans, but we also have a lot of interactive areas. We have places where you can go and you can learn You can try your hand at sonnet writing with William Shakespeare, Uh. or you can learn how Vikings might have made their own loose accord. And you can actually immerse yourself in that kind of world. And you know what? You can get yourself a big old legendary turkey leg to gnaw on while you're at it. (laughs) Of course. And it's it's for people of all ages, right? It's not just for grown-ups, but you have family-friendly and child-friendly activities as well? Absolutely. In fact, 
This year we're super thrilled because we have fairies coming from all over the country. Um, we are calling it fairies from all over the realms. Ooh. And they're, they have little things that they can interact with kids, little boys or girls that want to. We have a fairy that only speaks in American Sign Language. Oh, wow. We have a fairy who only has one wing, but that, she's the fairy that makes all of the little spirals with the snow and the ice. We have places where they can interact with our sea nymphs, with pirates. So we even have at the church, we have little illuminated manuscript coloring pages for some of those little kids. So we try to pride ourselves on being a really family-friendly fair and being a place where everybody from the absolute youngest to the absolute oldest has something that they can enjoy and get involved with. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, we think that this is a great opportunity for somebody to come and kind of experience magic. Mm-hmm. And anything that we can do to help anybody, be they young or old, have a little bit of magic, especially after the hard COVID year that we've had. Oh, yeah. We're happy to be a part of that. Well, I'm grateful for that. Well, speaking about um, the COVID year that we've been hopefully <laughs> getting out of um, for the last little bit here, can you tell us a little bit about the protocols, the precautions that are in place right now because of COVID? So we're actually really, really glad to be able to be back. Last year, we made the incredibly hard decision to cancel the fair because of COVID. Mm -hmm. It felt like the right and the responsible thing to do. This year, we've been really hoping to be able to get out and going again. Actually, the director of the fair and one of our board members is a practicing ER doctor. So we definitely try to keep ahead and keep paying attention to what the science and the recommendations are. This year, we do feel comfortable in holding the fair. It is an outdoor event, which the science has shown is the lowest spreading Uh, type of situation where you can be in for COVID. That said, we are trying to have as many precautions as possible. In following the federal and state guidelines, we are not requiring masks because it's an outdoor event, but we are encouraging them and people to bring them if they can. Um, And after this COVID year, I think everyone has a a mask or two sitting around the home, right? Right, yeah. But we are, we're we're not requiring it, but we are encouraging it just as kind of an act to show this community compassionate and keep each other safe we've actually had several vendors and people who've had to drop out because family members have contracted or even Mm -hmm. died from covid so this is a real thing but we are trying to mitigate the risk as best as possible Mm -hmm. we're also going to have stanchions with hand sanitizer available all throughout the fair so anytime you want after you know touching a quill pen or browsing through a vendor's tent you can come and sanitize your hands and we're also just asking you know if, if you're sick stay home please the fact is that the old renaissance came right on the heels of a plague. We don't need to start another plague coming up. And we do ask that, that vendors in their tents or in their spaces, they may require masks. And so we do ask that anybody that comes to the fair, please be respectful of those requirements as those are more of an indoor situation. And we want to try and respect the vendor's autonomy and their right to, to choose how they want to interact with those around them. And that seems like a, v- a very wise choice there. Uh, we want everyone to be safe and everyone to get back to, to participating in things like this. Like, I'm I'm so excited and I'll be there with, with my, I think I have a mermaid-themed mask I might wear, which would be fantastic. <laughs> and, That's going to uh, be awesome. Right? <laughs> uh, so this is August 27th and 28th at Thanksgiving Point. Can you tell a little bit about where people can get their tickets and what the costs are? Yep, it's up at Thanksgiving Point. All of the information for the event, so like you mentioned, our map, our scheduled events, and even some little information about a few of both of our biggest performers, our activities, 
All of that is available at our website, which is utahrenfair.org. Mm-hmm. That's fair with an E at the end, kind of the old-timey spelling. Mm-hmm. And then we also have our social medias, which are Utah Renfair on both Instagram and Facebook. Online is going to be the best way to get tickets. They are $17 pre-sale, so if you order them online. And this year we are having a will call. So if you pre-sale the ticket, all you'll need to do is come to the will call tent, which will be at the south side, but there will be signs everywhere, so don't worry about getting lost <laughs> as to trying to find that tent. You just need to come to the will call tent, give us your name or order number, and we'll be able to give you your wristbands. If you want, you can purchase tickets at the door. We will be accepting cash, card, and Venmo payments to make things a little easier and contactless. And those are going to be $20. Now, your ticket gets you admission to both days of the fair, both Friday and Saturday, Mm -hmm. which goes from 10 to 8. And all of the activities within the fair are free. So everything from the sonnet to the fairies to being able to watch the joust or the full combat fighting, all of that's included in your ticket price. There are food vendors and vendors of more material things that we would encourage you guys to take a look at. But everything else is included there in those tickets. That's so cool. And let's in our next segment, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, those those vendors, the entertainers. I'm so excited to talk about the Knights of Mayhem because I am part of the Knights of Mayhem Nation. I, I love following their jousting. <laughs> uh, but for, for this time now, I know lots of people dress up for this. I'm planning on it. You cannot stop me from dressing up when given the opportunity. But is that required for everyone? It is not. I think it's the best way to enjoy the fair. For me, it's the most fun. I will be fully dressed up both days as well. Um, However, we want everybody to be able to come however they want. So you don't need to dress up. You can just come walking off the street, jeans and a T-shirt, and you're going to feel like you're in a magical world anyway. (laughs) It does. It has that definitely a magical experience. Um, There's something, though. Like I remember the first time I went to the Renaissance Fair, I was too nervous, and so I didn't dress up. And I had so much fun. I was kind of disappointed because there's just something about dressing as a fairy or a princess or a pirate and just having fun interacting with people. I miss that so much um, from this time during COVID, that that socialization and bonding with total strangers about cultures and fairy tales and stories you love. Absolutely. I, I think the reason why I love dressing up is because any time of the year, you can not be a pirate. Or any time of the year, you cannot be a lord or a knight or a fairy. But for a weekend out of the year, you get to go and do it. And the thing is, is that at the Ren Fair, nobody's going to be dreading your costumes. Nobody's going to look at you and be like, "Mm, they bought that from Hobby Lobby. (laughs) That is mm," like it is a completely open and generous space. One of the things that Charlie Andrews from Knights of Mayhem always likes to say is that so many little boys want to grow up to be knights, and so many little girls want to grow up to be princesses. But some little girls want to grow up to be knights, and some little boys want to grow up to be princesses. And it doesn't matter. Whoever you want to be, you can come be that at the Ren Fair. Oh, that's so true. And it really doesn't matter the level. Part of my outfit I got from Target. The other part I got from a medieval like store. And it, it doesn't have to be just Renaissance or medieval. Can you tell us a little bit of some of the appropriate themed costumes people can wear? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things with our rent fair is that we do try to keep it very accessible and very family friendly. Mm -hmm. We do recommend that you try and I think you'll have the most fun if you come a little bit more appropriate. So one (laughs) of the things that we do ask is you can come and, and dress up almost however you would like. 
there's a few recommendations that we would give, including things like no fursuits. It does get very hot, mm-hmm. um, and it can get a little little intense there. But for the most part, you can come anytime you want. The best that I would say is period from about 700 A.D. to 720 A.D. So the Renaissance is usually a period from about the 1400s to the 1600s. But we've got a Viking camp. We have medieval knights. If you want to be a little fantasy, if you want to pull out that Lord of the Rings <laughs> outfit that you just didn't quite get to wear on <laughs> Halloween like you wanted, uh-huh. go ahead and bring that. Um, Romans or Victorian doesn't quite fit, but if it makes you feel good. Whatever kind of is that thing that is going to be fun for you, mm-hmm. we'd love to have you. Well, it's kind of fun. I'm looking at your list here. It's it's not just in the, in the realm of reality, too. Well, not only do you have, like, musketeers, Vikings, uh, Renaissance, you have, uh, you know, we have pirates, we have Celtic, we have fairy folk, we have mermaids, dragons. So a lot of fun stuff to, to choose and to, to be a part of there. That sounds awesome. Now, uh, before we close up this segment, I want to know what you'll be wearing at the fair. So... One of my outfits is I am a part of the Vikings of Utah, which cool. are going to have a Viking camp there. So I will be in my finest Viking attire with my round shield on my back. If anyone sees somebody walking around with a green shield with a Celtic knot and some white runes, that's going to be me. And <laughs> the other day, it just feels appropriate to do my best 1600s attire. So I'll have, you know, the, the nice pants. The white puffy shirt, a little vest, green and gold, because green's my favorite color, so why not? And uh, I'm going to be fully decked out, even with my old drinking horn and old school cutlery on my side. So That's cool. I'm, gonna, I'm going full in to make sure that everyone else feels comfortable there, too. That's cool. Now, are you going to be historically correct and not have horns on your helmet? Oh, of course not. I'm not even going to wear a helmet. <laughs> I might be wearing my chacos, though. We'll see. Okay. that That's okay. I will accept that. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and we'll dive a bit more into the unique experiences at the fair this year. The fun merchants, the forges, the entertainment, the jousting in our next segment. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Kellyanne Halverson, here today. I'm talking to Joseph Smith. He is the Director of Communications, uh, and he helps put on the Utah Renaissance Fair. I'm so excited to dive into the experience and storytelling ahead of us. Now, um, you mentioned before that there's actually different areas of the of the map of the of the fair that we can go visit can you tell us about some of these worlds we can explore these realms we can explore at the fair my favorite i don't know if i can even pick a favorite we have four (laughs) main realms the first is going to be the queen's court this is where of course you can meet king henry or queen elizabeth or some of henry's wives if they're 
around. Do they have their um, heads? Like, <laughs> yeah, not to not to give any spoilers or anything. Um, but at this Queen's Court, we have this fantastic group called the House of Tudor, who are reenactors. They're they are scholars. They are dressmakers, and they study the characters of the royal house of Tudor, and then take upon them their persona. So they know everything about those actual historical so characters. Cool. They have period authentic clothing. And if you go up and talk to them, you can even interact with them just like they would. And if you're lucky, you might even get to get a royal missive or perhaps a quest from mm-hmm. one of them. And I hear word that some people, if you can finish your quest for these royals, might even get knighted by King Henry himself. <sighs> okay, that sounds really awesome. I did not know about that, but I have chills. <laughs> so, but there's more because that's just one of the areas. We have three other amazing areas this year, one of which is, of course, the Viking encampment. Mm-hmm. So we have the Vikings of Utah that set up a Viking camp over out on kind of the edge of the fair because, you know, you don't necessarily want Vikings raiding you all the time. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But they are so great. They have their own artisans. They have a blacksmithing and forge. They have a bunch of these Viking games that you can play. My favorite is called Stinky Fish. (laughs) Now, for everyone out there who are afraid of seafood, there's no actual fish involved in this version. (laughs) But there's a little block where you blindfold yourself and you have a bag with a pillow. Normally it would be fish. And blindfolded, you have to try and chase each other around these blocks and hit each other with pillows, and it's a ton of fun. Are you telling me usually it's a pillow fight, but with fish? Is some... <laughs> yeah, with, with stacks of old fish. I mean, it sounds like some pretty good Monty Python. <laughs> I love the visual, but I'm glad that you guys are just using pillows this time around. <laughs> so the Viking can't be amazing, and... I even have word that they are going to be raiding and launching actual Viking raids oh, on our Shire, which is one of my other favorite areas. So the Shire is not to be necessarily confused with where Hobbits live, mm-hmm. but much to everyone's dismay, I know. <laughs> but the Shire is a fantastic area. So that's where we have a lot of our local artisans, craftspeople, and a lot of those free and interactive activities. We have a church that we've constructed that has these fantastic bronze and brass relief. Now, if anyone's been to Europe, in a lot of those old churches, a big thing that they do is they'll take paper, and this happened all the way since the 1400s. Mm-hmm. You take paper and like a piece of charcoal or a crayon and rub it over and create these relief rubbings of these plaques of these saints or of these knights. Well, we have our own church that's filled with those, and anybody can come in, take a step back in time, just like they would in those old churches of Europe, make some rubbings, catch a little show at the Globe Theater. <laughs> There's a dance class that will happen that is free. Anybody that wants to participate, learn some lip, or see some of our fantastic vendors there. And if you're in the wrong place at the right time, you might get raided by the Vikings. Ah, I don't know if I want to <laughs> have that part. So that's the Shire, not necessarily the Hobbiton Shire, but the Shire. Yeah. And so the last area that we have is new this year, and I'm thrilled to present the area of Mystic Vale. Ooh. Now, Mystic Vale is kind of more of that fantasy step-back-in-time element. And Mystic Vale is going to be where most of the fairies will gather. We also have sea nymphs, which are kind of like mermaids. We're even going to have a big, full tank. We'll be able to see them swimming around and then interact with them. I so love Mystic mermaids. Vale is kind of all of that magic side 
of this fair. So we have everything from Vikings to royalty to the churches to a little bit of magic this year. That is cool. Now, those are a lot of the activities that that are available, kind of the areas that you'll explore. What other cool activities do you have um, uh, in these areas that you want to highlight? Yeah, so actually this year we're introducing something new that I'm absolutely thrilled about. Everyone is so excited. Mm -hmm. And that is introducing some quests that you can go on. So you don't need to. If you want to just come to the fair and browse some shops and have some food, and enjoy some music because we have some incredible music acts that are coming from around the country as well. That's totally fine. However, there is a little bit of a storyline that's going on underneath the fair that involves everybody from the pirates to the mermaids to the Vikings. Now, certain people might give you certain quests. Like I mentioned the quest to become a knight for His Majesty King Henry. Mm -hmm. But if you talk to the right people, there are... Things about things that involve mystical creatures, and I'm not going to give everything away because I want everyone to be able to come to the fair and experience it for themselves. But there's a whole mystery afoot with a selkie, and talking to the fairies and other people might help you unravel that mystery. You know, I know what a selkie is, um, but some of the listeners can't. Can you explain what a, a selkie is to those not familiar with the lore? Sure. So a selkie is oftentimes kind of a magical creature think you know if you ever read those animorph books as a kid (laughs) kind of a thing right where the animal turns into the person Mm -hmm. um think a little bit like that but a a selkie is normally somebody who can turn into like a seal folk Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a half mermaid half man half seal and there's a mystery going on mm-hmm. with them this year. That's cool. That's cool. One of my favorite um, mermaid drawings uh, I saw this year was a silky that, uh, in- interpretation. So that's really fun. So there's yeah, a little it's bit of, be a ton of fun. Oh yeah. So there's a little bit of that going on uh, with the quest, the different activities you can go to. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the entertainers you're coming? I'm looking at this list right now, and like you have like harpists and bagpipers and. Uh, jokesters and all sorts of stuff. Can you tell me about the entertainment? Because yeah, for those who who don't want to walk around a lot, you can kind of settle in with your turkey leg and, and be entertained. So we have some amazing entertainment. Um, we have Tartanic, which is kind of rock and roll bagpipe music. We have <laughs> one of my favorite acts. They're the Harp Twins. They're from Chicago, and they have performed all around the world. They do both beautiful, classic Harp music. They're a pair of identical twins that play the harps, and it's both classical, fantastic, kind of ethereal, magical, and maybe an Iron Maiden or Metallica cover in there. But it's <laughs> on a harp, and so you wouldn't even notice. <laughs> That's good. Um, additionally, we have some fantastic just entertainment. We have storytellers, puppeteers. We have one that I'm very excited about. His name is Sai. He's a sword swallower. What? And he travels the world, and I've seen. I've seen him before, and I'm thrilled that he's coming this year. He knew this year. And I've seen him before, and you'll take a, a sword that, you know, you feel like you could fight somebody with, and he will swallow that and pull it right back out and then juggle knives while doing it. It's absolutely terrifying and enthralling all at the same time. 
And he's going to be there this year, which I'm so excited about. That is cool. I'm looking at it. looks like he's going to be there both Friday and Saturday. So there's plenty of chances yeah. to, to see him there. That is way cool. We also, one other thing that I'd love to highlight is we have what's called a Punch and Judy tent. And now Punch and <laughs> like Judy the, just might sound like, the classic like a puppet. weird drink. <laughs> exactly. So we actually have um, a local specialist who is, He's done all of the research and can create just like those old little puppet character storytelling shows that's going on. And so we're super excited to have him because that's something that you're not going to see almost anywhere else. When um, my favorite that's happening, it uh, looks like three times during the festival over in the jousting area, we have the Knights of Mayhem. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with the Knights of Mayhem, they are a jousting troupe. And it's not like balsa wood lances and fake choreographed type things. It is real full metal jousting with heavy armor on giant war horses. It is intense and crazy and i love it and i actually went to the the first um, ultimate jousting competition in vegas when they did that and i have a part of the broken lance from like the winning round so i'm i'm so excited for for the knights of mayhem can you tell uh, a little bit about what that that jousting looks like absolutely i'm also a huge fan of the knights of mayhem. like <laughs> we were talking about a little bit before this podcast, I also have a piece of a lance from my first joust. Right. These guys, these guys are the real deal. So <laughs> they, Charlie Andrews is the captain of the Knights of Joust, of the Knights of Mayhem. And he is 13-time world champion jouster. Mm-hmm. Now, you might not have known that there are world championships for jousting. Oh, there is. But there are. And our guy, Charlie, is the best in the world. Mm-hmm. These, like, like you said, full combat. These guys, they've been featured on everything from TV shows with National Geographic. They had their own series on National Geographic, yeah. Yeah, they've had a couple of series. Like, these guys are the real deal. And I'll tell you what, like, you watch, for example, you watch A Knight's Tale, right? Mm -hmm. And you see those jousting scenes, and you're like, man, that would be so cool to see. It doesn't even compare to the real thing. When you have two people in full armor charging at each other, trying to knock each other off the horse, and they connect, and that lance just explodes, and the crowd goes nuts. It is something to behold. And it's really fun, too, because there's, like, an actual point system um, that you have to follow. Like, you're watching it, and, like, every time as they're getting closer and closer, I'm like, I might see someone really get injured. But, like, it is so cool. And, ugh. I love it. I love it. So I'm excited to see them. I missed them last year. And they're actually a local uh, group. So it's something uh, um, us Utahns could, could be a little proud about right now. Yeah, Charlie Andrews is a local boy. And while he seems a little scary up on the horse, and he <laughs> is a little scary off the horse, he's one of the best guys that I know. And I'm so absolutely thrilled to be able to, to know him. And anybody that's there, I'm telling you the joust might just be the highlight of your entire weekend. Mm-hmm. We also, with the joust, I'll just say real quick, if you are into that kind of watching people maybe almost get hurt, <laughs> we also have the Salt Lake Crusaders, who are part of the Armored Combat League, which is basically MMA with swords and maces. <laughs> so what it is is it's these group of guys that get together in full armor, real weapons, and they, they fight in a ring. That's... And so all of, you actually get to watch real night men and women just going at each other, and it is so cool. So everybody that's thinking, you know, I'm not really 
super excited about dressing up. I'm not really, I'm not that nerdy. If you want to come see some people fight each other in armor and cheer on as somebody's about to get hit with a mace, highly recommended. I'm totally imagining this with like the medieval armor and everything like that, but with the the Vulcan fight music from the original Star Trek. <laughs> yes, I. You know what? Now I might need to go buy a new PA system. <laughs> Get that going. Well, it looks like you guys also have um, Arabian horse show going on, which is really cool. We have we have stuff honestly all day long. I would recommend to anybody that's thinking about coming, take a look at our website, take a look at our social media, take a look at that schedule. And try and plan out your visit because honestly, between the questing, between the music, between the storytelling, mm-hmm. the acting down at the Globe Theater, and that's not even counting all the little activities to do, there's more than two days worth of stuff. So plan out your visit so that you don't miss what you're most excited about. Definitely. And I'm, I'm going to plug the times for the Nights of Mayhem, the jousting. Looks like Friday noon and 6, Saturday 2 and 6, and at 6 o'clock you also have the Royal Procession, correct? Yeah, so that's something that is also new this year. We have not only the royal procession to the final joust, which is quite regular, Mm -hmm. um, but we also, with that, there will be a royal procession to the final joust starting at the Globe Theater in the Shire. It will go throughout the fair. Anybody that would like to join is more than welcome to. It starts with a royal dance class in the Shire. Then there will be the procession to the joust, whereupon everyone will see the final joust and... That will end with a royal ball back in the Shire. So anybody that came and learned some of the dance steps will be able to be a part of the ball with the tutors after the joust. It's going to be amazing. That Okay, that is cool. Is it like the dancing, like you see where they're all in the in the lines and everyone kind of knows their step? or? Yeah, so ah. what we have is we actually have a couple of dance instructors <laughs> who will show two types of um, traditional time period dancing, one of which is a little bit more formal. The uh-huh. other, which was a little bit more scandalous because it involved <gasps> jumping. No, how scandalous! I won't tell anyone if you don't. I promise. That's I know, scandalous. I know, I know, I know. I can't. Con- mm. But <laughs> with those two dances, anybody that wants to can come, learn and practice a little bit, and then after the final joust, there's that royal ball, and anybody can come, whether or not you have a partner with you, and participate in a little bit of a ball. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and take a bit of a break at that, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about kind of the fun of the event, some of the things you've enjoyed doing over the years, and I'm not sure what else, but something fun. So we have gotten in our time machine and a little bit of our fantasy machine, too. And we're back at the Utah Renaissance Fair, uh, hanging out with everything from Vikings to pirates to the Tudors. Uh, And we're going to talk a little bit more about the fun stuff that is available this weekend. I think the thing that, honestly, I'm just really excited for, and it's not totally new, but everyone who's going to be there is so excited. Everybody's put so much work over the last you know, two years mm-hmm. with COVID giving us a shutdown, that a lot of these things are things that people have come up with because they love it and they want to let people have something to enjoy. So, you know, the House of Tudor, they've worked incredibly hard on creating quests for all age levels. We have these seniors who are, have literally built a tank 
to be able to swim around in. And there's a lot of other little things that you might notice, especially if you're kind of an old timer. (laughs) But I don't necessarily want to give them away because I want everybody to come and explore. One of the things about this fair, like I said at the top of the show, that's a little bit different than other Renaissance fairs, is there's stuff to do that's not just walk around. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage everybody there at the fair, there will be little pendants that will kind of denote, they will say URF on them, and they will have a little gem to denote if somebody's working with the fair. Mm -hmm. I would honestly encourage anybody to come and talk to anybody wearing one of those pendants because you might discover something new and something a little secret that might totally change your weekend. Oh, I love it. And, you know, and I've missed that socialization. Like, it's going to be fun to be able to to talk and meet and greet people some more and explore these different fandoms and different stories and even compliment each other's costumes. That's that's awesome. So excited about it. (laughs) Oh, I know something we didn't mention. There's something about a hammer. Yes. So... If you think you might be as worthy as the mighty Thor (laughs) in the Viking village, you can test your strength and try and wield Thor's hammer itself. Um, One of the things that I'm super excited about is with some of those craftspeople, we have an incredible potter, we have an incredible spoon maker, and we have several really incredible blacksmiths Mm -hmm. who will be giving not only demonstrations, but one of them has even crafted Mjolnir, Thor's mighty hammer itself and you can attempt to lift it. The other thing that you just might want to be aware of, speaking about villages, Mm -hmm. is there is a stockade in the Shire. If you've ever seen a stockade, those are those kind of things that you had your your hand stuck into if you've committed a crime or caused a problem. (laughs) And there is a stockade, and there are some fruit sponges that may get thrown at people (laughs) in the stockade. So, you know, be on your best behavior. And you definitely don't want to get stuck there when the Vikings raid the Shire because <laughs> they, there might actually be a trebuchet with maybe filled with some candy that gets launched at the Vikings. So you're going to want to have your hands free for that. I, I don't know. I, I think I'd want to be freed by them and I would just join them. Just join the Vikings. Just say forget it. Just raid the church. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's in my blood. I'm, I'm a Norwegian background person, so I, I am a Viking. <laughs> All right, so I'm not letting you near the church. There, that's the plan. There we go. Okay, we, I, I will be careful there. <laughs> so that's a lot of stuff about this here, but I think you were telling me about some fun stuff and some fun ways to keep up to date for the upcoming Utah Ren Fair. Yes, actually, as a matter of fact, at the end of this fair, we're going to be launching a mailing list and a, an option to become a friend of the fair. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that's going to let you guys know about everything else that's coming up. For example, the Queen's Feast is incredibly popular, and it sells out about a month after tickets go live, and they usually go live in May. So if you want to get a chance of getting tickets to the Queen's Feast next year, which is this fantastic medieval banquet at the end of the night during the fair, then that mailing list is going to be the spot. We have a couple of other projects coming up. We have other things that we do with the Utah Valley Fine Arts Council. We do a bluegrass festival and a couple of other things. So get on our website, get on our social media, come to the fair, and then afterwards sign up for that mailing list and and keep following us so that you guys can get all the other updates of what we've got coming up. That's awesome. I was so sad when I looked and saw that the the feast was was sold out already. Um, All right, so how how many years have you been doing the, the festival? 
so I've been involved um, for almost seven or eight years. Uh, when I was younger, I was a part of what became the Shire, which originally was a little place called Lincolnshire. It was a little educational mm-hmm. thing run by elementary and junior high school students, actually, underneath the education director um, and is now the assistant director of the fair, Erin. Mm-hmm. So she kind of started with this, and I was a student volunteer first. Just I ran Ye Old Game Shop, so here's one more plug. In the Shire, there's Ye Old Game Shop, which was my first position, mm-hmm. and it shows a lot of those old school games that you can learn how to and just sit down and play if you want, which is a ton of fun. Um, but I started helping with that, and then eventually I started moving up to and helping run and oversee the Shire in general. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, um, right before COVID, actually, I got uh, lucky enough to be able to have this position working in communications. I, I had some experience working with BYU, and I've been a longtime member of the arts community mm-hmm. um, in Utah Valley. And so I had the opportunity to step in and be a part of this nonprofit. And so here I am in, in all of the incredible glory of the Ren Fair now. That is so cool. Well, and I bet... And being involved for so many years, you've had some just amazing experiences to to share or or poignant moments. Uh, Can you share any of those with us? Absolutely. In fact, there are two that I can think of right off the bat. And the first was the time when I was watching the Joust. And here we go back to the Knights of Mayhem. And I had the opportunity to be watching the Joust. And occasionally, they will call for a volunteer from the audience Mm -hmm. to get a melon chopped off their head as somebody rides by with a sword. And, you know, I was so excited. I thought, oh, well, you know, they're never going to pick me, but maybe. And so as soon as they called for volunteers, I and my buddy, and remember, we're probably, you know, we're young at the time. So we stand up, and it's right when Hunger Games is going, Leo, I volunteers, tribute. <laughs> and the royals started laughing, and Queen Elizabeth was like, pick them, pick them. And then my buddy checked out. He's like, no, man, I don't want to do this. Like, that's crazy. I was like, I'm going to go do it. And so I went down and, and I was able to kind of stand and have a melon chopped off my head <laughs> by this knight that was riding by. And the picture was taken by the Daily Herald. I made it my Facebook cover photo because <laughs> Facebook was cool back then. <laughs> and, like, I just think about that all the time, just how cool that moment is, that big one. But the other moment that comes to mind is a lot more simple. And I think it, it envelops what we have at the Utah Ren Fair. We have these incredible, cool, big, fantastical moments. Um, but then the other moment that comes to mind is, is I was working in the Shire, and we were sitting there and, and helping out at the church with some people, and I just got to talking to somebody. And they were explaining the fact that they've always wanted to be able to, to travel to Europe to, to see kind of these old villages. And... You know, it's just something that's never quite worked out for them. But the opportunity to be able to come and step back in time for a little bit and to experience things and learn about things and that this is someplace that they can bring their kids Mm -hmm. and teach their kids about history and culture and, you know, see the smiles on their faces as they're getting splashed with sponges and whatnot (laughs) or watch the people over at the apothecary as they recommend rose petals and leeches for the boils that the little girls have and they run away screaming that that moment of human connection and that thrill that I'm able to put on for them is is incredible and you'll notice all around the fair 
that from the Knights to the Vikings, that all of this there is built on human connection, and it's built by people who love it. We're a small nonprofit. You know, I don't get paid hardly anything. We don't make a lot of money. This is something that we do for love, and we do out of the passion of our hearts. Um, you know, if anybody wants to donate to, to our nonprofit, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> but it's something that we do because we love it. And if you look around the fair, you'll see those little heartwarming moments of human connection. And so for me, that encapsulates the fair. The big, you know, everyone cheering, me standing there in the helmet going, I really hope they don't miss. I really hope they don't miss. I really hope they don't miss. And hit that melon to sitting and talking with somebody about bringing them an experience that they've always wanted to have. That's what you can expect to find at the Utah Renaissance Fair. I love that. I love that. And really, these these moments of connection, that's that's what it's about. I, I say all the time on this show and, and other things I, I work in is, you know, we, we don't change unless we open ourselves up to other people's stories. And it's these stories that, that bring us together, whether they're historical stories, whether they're uh, stories of lore and mythology, whether they're a movie. <laughs> uh, they bring us together in these wonderful ways. And one of my, my favorite things to do is I, I dress up um, lots of days. I, I'll either theme or bound my outfits and I'll be by kids and they'll just smile at me because they know that, oh, she's dressed like Princess Anna today or, or whatnot. And one of my favorite things is when I see a kid out in the open and they have a crown on or dressed up another in one way or another. And I, I, I get to say, hi, princess, and, and make them feel special and appreciated and, and connected to. And it's it's so much fun being able to do that in a grand scale at a, at a place like this. And Utah is, is a very unique place for this. Uh, one of my favorite things about living here is we do just embrace uh, fandoms and in different culture and the stories that we love. And we have this fun mix to come to this is these wild, colorful, fun, varying events. Um, and we have just such a strong uh, fan base in order to do that. What's some of your favorite things about working with U- Utah's unique fan culture? I think the thing that's so unique about Utah, and this is something that I tell to everyone when they ask, what's it like living in Utah? How do you like it? (laughs) I'm like, it's the best. I say, right, you know, the thing that I always say, and this is something that I really believe, is that Utah is such an incredible place for this kind of creativity. Mm -hmm. Utah is a kind of place where I think that there's, there's a sense and there's a common culture of it's okay to be a little different. You know, it's, it, and, and it's all right to express yourself in, in, in a way that, that you maybe haven't before. And I think there's a reason that we've seen this push for more experiential things, right? Utah's a place where it's not just about sitting and watching a movie, but people want to actually get out into it. And I've spent a lot of time in the music scene. In Utah, I'm a musician myself, um, and I've spent a lot of time going to shows and having friends that play music. And, and I've even helped put on some events as well outside of this position that I have now. And what I find every single time is that there's an incredibly loyal fan base to art. I think that Utah understands the fact that art is about telling stories, right? Whether it's the Utah Shakespeare Festival down south, whether it's the arts, whether it's Fan X up in Salt Lake City, or the Utah Renaissance Fair, 
I think Utahns understand that Utah's a place where we can tell each other's stories. And when I tell you my story, I tell you who I am. Mm-hmm. And when you tell me your story, I get to hear who you are. And that personal connection, whether it's through music or dance or visual art, we have some incredible painters this year. We have artists, we have musicians, or whether it's just getting out and playing together, right? Doing a little bit of make-believe, right? just like when you were kids. I think that's how you learn a lot about a person. And I think when Utah is at its best, Utah is that place where you can connect with other people. And we don't always do the best job of it. And sometimes we struggle. But I think it's events like these that remind us that really we all have so much in common. And we were not that different from each other as we listen to each other's stories. And that's what I love about being a part of the art community in Utah. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, and I'm giving everyone listening uh, permission right now to go and play. <laughs> go tell your story. Go play. Um, and you can play. And, and do it here and do it after this weekend. <laughs> right? All the time. All the time. Um, <laughs> and you can play this weekend at the Utah Ren Fair. To get your tickets, go to utahrenfair.org. Um, and just remember, fair is with an E, and it's R-E-N. So you don't have to worry about spelling Renaissance because as I was getting ready, I could not spell Renaissance. It was awful. Um, <laughs> I'm just barely figuring it out, and I've been working doing this for a long time. Right, right. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute fun uh, conversation, and I love talking about the arts with you as well. That was just very touching. Um, and I just want to thank our listeners for listening to the Fan Effect podcast today. Fan Effect is a KSL News Radio podcast beyond sci fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech. We are excited to share with you our knowledge and arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. Based in the beautiful Beehive State, Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we are excited to bring you local guests that feel the same way. I'm your host and producer, Kellyanne Halverson. Uh, Andy was not able to join us today, uh, but he'll be back some other time. <laughs> Listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com, at kslpodcast.com, or on the KSL News Radio app. Do you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic you would like to explore? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page. That's at Fan Effect Show. Remember, it's Effect with an E, uh, where you can also get the latest nerdly updates, join the conversation, uh, follow us on Fan Effect Show on Instagram, and Fan Effect Show on Twitter. Again, thank you for listening. We hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.